So the question you have to ask yourself, if money were no object, when you wake up tomorrow, what would you do as a career? Right? Mm-hmm. Right. And the truth of the matter is, I love, I still find my, found myself giving branding advice for free, even though I was doing personal development work, because I still like to talking about it. Mm-hmm. That's good. Welcome to another episode of the School of Purpose podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping emerging purpose-driven leaders and entrepreneurs who are seeking motivation, inspiration, and principles for success for their life, their business, and their career. Now let the class begin. Thank God it's Monday, as Dr. Eric Thomas would say each and every Monday. Welcome to another episode of the School of Purpose podcast. This is Markeith Brayton, a.k.a. your purpose professor, CEO of Markeith Brayton Inspires and the founder and master coach of the School of Purpose. It is truly our mission for the School of Purpose to help individuals turn their passions and purpose into actual careers so they can make money doing what they love. Raise your hand if that is you. Well, I am always excited to be sharing with you each and every week. And of course, today is no different I love bringing you content and individuals who are experts in their field, who have been able to themselves turn their passion and their purpose into a career, into a business, into a lifestyle for themselves. And this week we have a great guest, a friend of mine from Atlanta, Georgia, none other than the Jay Stone, who is a master brand strategist in Atlanta. And she is helping companies and individuals across the country to build their brands and to help them to become noticed as influencers in their niche. And so we're going to jump right on into the interview. Take out your pen and paper if you're sitting somewhere where you can write or just have a keen ear and listen to today's episode. Jay Stone, thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited that you decided to do this interview because you're someone who I admire, someone who is doing their thing, and I'm just so happy that you took the time out of your busy schedule to join me today. So welcome to the School of Purpose podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Marquita. I'm so excited to be here. We've been trying to schedule this for a while so now we're ready to rock so let's uh let's rock let's rock well one of the first questions that i always ask is for you to introduce yourself and just let us know how you show up in the world so uh i I show up a couple of different ways but let's talk about the one that probably will be most interesting is i'm an entrepreneur for 15 years uh, full-time, and I uh, am a master brand coach based out of Atlanta, Georgia, and I help business owners create profitable businesses without compromising their quality of life, and, and in a nutshell, 
that means I help you make money without going crazy. Mm, make money without going crazy. Yes. Mm, I could use a little bit of that myself. <laughs> and so when you when you talk about that and really, you know, helping entrepreneurs make money without going crazy, one of the things that I think about is just this idea of, you know, individuals who are just getting started and really are not necessarily sure how to, you know, really make that transition or, or how to really began to find themselves moving in the direct, right direction to ensure that their business will be successful. And tell us a little bit, you know, what are some of the first couple of steps for us to consider if I'm just getting started launching my business or if I'm really just trying to enhance my own personal brand so that I become more attractive in my career? Um, okay, that's a great question. I love that. Where do I start? Mm -hmm. um, and so the first place that you have to start with your brand is your audience. You have to be clear on who you are trying to serve and how you are trying to serve them. So are you uh, going to service? And, and people do a very broad. I just want to help women. I just want to help men. That's not broad. You need to have what I call what people some people call it a persona, an avatar, a tribe ideal customer, whatever the name is that you call it, that person, that ideal person that you want to work with, mm -hmm. they need you need to have at least 10 characteristics for that person, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are broad, like I just want to work with single moms or I just want to work with um, uh, fathers who are transitioning. I just want to work. That's not specific enough because if you, let's just take women, for example, if you say, I just want to work with women. Um, what kind of women? Married women, single women, tall women, short women. I mean, there's 50,000 things. People need to be able to self-identify and say, hey, that person is talking to me. Right. I'm going to listen a little bit more closely. So if you say, I want to work with uh, tall women, women who are over six feet tall that live in Nashville, Tennessee, that wear a size seven shoe, that have um, wavy hair. That's dark complected with shoulder length. That is very, very specific. So those women are going to be like, hey, she's talking to me. And they're like, look, we got a new pair of shoes for you. Mm -hmm. But if you say I make shoes for women, they're like, yeah, why would I listen to that? Everybody makes shoes for women. Why would I buy yours over anybody else's? So the more specific you can get, the more directly you can speak to that customer. That's the key to everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So I know this is a long answer, but this no, is really, really, really the most important factor of your business is who do you serve um, in detail? Mm -hmm. Because when you're clear on that, people say, well, how do I know what they're going to buy? Well, how do I know where to find? How do I know where to go look for customers? How do I know where to market myself? How do I know? The customer determines all of that. So 90% of the questions you need to answer when you're starting out, what do my business cards need to look like? What's my favorite color? When I'm getting my visual brand, like what does my website need to look like? What is that audience looking for? So when you answer the question about the audience first, everything else is a loop right back to that as the solution. Does wow. that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. So specificity, being very clear and direct on who it is that you serve. And for those of you who 
are career professionals. It's the same concept as it pertains to the type of job that you're looking for, who you want to work for, how you provide value to that particular industry or organization that you have been clear and concise with as far as the industry that you want to work in. And so that is very clear and very understandable. Yeah, I mean, it definitely does not work any differently mm-hmm. when it comes to corporations. I'm a, I'm a certified personal brand strategist. So we teach um, authentic leadership and branding for corporations. And one of the things we have to say is when you're looking for a job and you want to position yourself as a brand within a corporation, you've got to be clear of everything, the corporate culture, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's a huge thing. What's the corporate culture? Do you blend in? You can't just say, I want a job. What kind of job? Doing exactly what? What value do you bring? Those are the details. Okay. Do you want to work in management, middle management, inside, outside, cubicle, office? Mm. What specifically are you looking for? Because that's going to help employers decide, okay, you fit here or you don't. And desperation, meaning I'll take anything, is not a qualifier for job hiring. Mm. Mm. And so I really jumped in to our interview (laughs) and forgot to... really go into my staple question that starts every show, but I think this is a good segue into that. And I think that many times our inability to be specific has a lot to do with these two questions. And so share with me, how do you define purpose and how do you define success? So let me start with success because it's a little bit easier than purpose. Okay. Right. Um, So my success, my definition of success is independence. Okay. And so that's going to be financial, emotional, physical, social. Um, Once you're codependent. And and so there's a difference between being interdependent and codependent. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So once you're codependent on someone else, you don't have the freedom to move and exercise and operate in, in your purpose or in the way that you're designed because you're too attached to what somebody thinks of you. Right. Or what the job requires of you or what people at your church are going to say about you. I mean, we can go on and on. So when you when you don't have the freedom, then you don't have the ability to create your path. That's not success. Mm -hmm. When you owe the bill collector money and they call and you'd be like, you know what? I'm going to write you a check. So you ain't never calling me no more. Mm -hmm. Right. Let me just go ahead and write you a check so you don't have that chain around my neck. When you have that level of freedom and independence. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really does allow you to really embody success in a whole different way. So for me, it's, it's, it's the independence. Um, and I, I don't want people to think that I'm saying you don't need people. You don't need nobody. I'm not right. saying that we as a society are interdependent. We as humans are interdependent, mm-hmm. but we don't have to be codependent. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's my definition of success. Um, so defining purpose and the best way I can find define purpose, I'm going to give you the answer and then I'm gonna give you a little story behind the answer. Okay. Okay. Do we have the time? Sure. Okay. So the answer is success. I mean, our purpose is a combination between what makes you happy and what makes you profitable. Does that make sense? What makes you happy and what makes you profitable. Right. Right. <clears throat> so um, the uh, when I first started in my career, um, I started out and um, I was all about what was making me profitable. Mm-hmm. Right. 
when we first start out, we're told graduate, get that money, <laughs> go out and make some money. Um, and I was all about that profits. I was climbing the corporate ladder. I was making great money working for, I worked for six Fortune 500 companies. Mm. So it was a good living, okay? Right. But then I woke up every day hating my job, disliking my clients. Can't say that they liked me all that much back. Um, and I was just, it was just a miserable existence. And by that time, I was an entrepreneur. So entrepreneurs are supposed to love their life and love what they created. I woke up just not liking my life and I decided uh, to do what I was passionate about. Right. Okay. So passion and happy. So I went into this, this live your, I was baby Oprah, right? This whole live your best life, be the best that you can be. And I'm going to help you just be your doggone authentic self, just live it and love it. And I wasn't profitable. Mm. Okay. So then, right. I had this epiphany. I actually had to go back to what I was profitable at, which was branding. I had to leave the personal development kind of sort of to the side, but I wasn't happy about it. So what I did was change up my business model. So in the beginning, I did branding. I was profitable. And then I was passionate about personal development. Mm -hmm. What became my purpose was a hybrid between the two. Okay. So now branding and, 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 and authentic living are my purpose. So I teach brand builders how to build authentic brands. Mm. So the authenticity that I was, that I'm so passionate about, I infused that into the brand building skill set that I was profitable with. So the purpose plus, I mean the profit plus the passion equals purpose mm -hmm. in a nutshell. Wow. So we don't have the luxury the of just only being passionate mm. when it doesn't make us, when it doesn't keep the lights on. And I think we're told, right? We watch enough TV, reality TV. We listen to enough motivational stuff. If you just, your passion will eventually be profitable. Just go in your passion, thrive it, be passionate. As long as you passion, your passion will pay you. That's not true. I'm passionate about German chocolate cake. I'm passionate about Hershey's chocolate. I don't think they're going to pay me six figures to sit up in there and eat chocolate balls all day, right? Right, right. So there has to be something in addition to passion and that's profits and that is your purpose mm. passion plus so, profits, profits equals, equals purpose, purpose. Mm -hmm. mm, I've never heard it said like that before but it makes a lot of sense to take your passion but that passion has to be in alignment that provides some level of value to the marketplace to where people will pay you to do it right but you have to think about it you didn't spend 10, 12, 15 years uh, getting all these skills for them not to be used. God wouldn't have sent you down a path right. that you aren't supposed to use, right? Mm -hmm. Every experience, every job, every situation is giving you a skill set that you can build on. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, you're not supposed to? No. Throw away the pieces you don't like. Throw away the pieces that make you unhappy. Keep the pieces that work. Keep the skills that work. Mm -hmm. Keep the skills that you don't mind sharing with other people, okay? Infuse your passion with that and create a purposeful walk. So a lot of times we get so caught up in the passion and the emotion that we totally feel like we throw away that skill set. What'd you spend 10 years working for? What'd you spend five years in school for? What'd you do that for? Right. That was part of the path. It's not supposed to be separated. Mm, that's good. And so a lot of times we, we talk about this idea of passion and we talk about following it and pursuing it and fulfilling it and being successful with it. When you decided to 
fuse your passion with that in which you that made you profitable so that you can really fully live inside and operate within your purpose. What's been the biggest obstacle in fusing the two together and moving forward? Um, There really wasn't one. The biggest obstacle I had um, initially was that the fact that I couldn't give up the passion. I didn't want to go back to being profitable because I thought being profitable made me unhappy. And when I really sat down and dissected it, there was only pieces of the business model that I didn't like. So I removed those pieces from the business model. I don't offer those specific services anymore. Mm. So the stuff that I offer, which is the coaching um, and the clarity and that, that stuff, I love that. I get a kick out of that. I never dislike that. It was some of the other pieces that I've now removed from my business model. So now I can walk. So the, the block for me was that I threw the baby out with the bathwater. Hmm. You have to really, and this is where it takes time, to take that quiet time and be introspective and really determine. I don't dislike the career that I chose. I like the, I dislike these aspects of it, mm-hmm. right? So the question hmm. you have to ask yourself, if money were no object... When you wake up tomorrow, what would you do as a career? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And the truth of the matter is, I love I still find my, found myself giving branding advice for free, even though I was doing personal development work, because I still like to talking about it. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Because, you know, one of the things that I challenge myself with quite often is asking myself the question, you know, those 10 years that I worked professionally as a healthcare manager and those four or five years that I worked professionally as a high school teacher, there has to be some use of it now, you know. There are definitely aspects about it that I did not like and that I don't care to have to do anymore, but there has to be some level of skill that... I could take from both in order to continue to do the pieces that I have passion for and fusing them with opportunities that are profitable for me. Right. And so the short answer to that, to people who are listening is those tangible skills. You have something called tangible and intangible skills, right? Mm -hmm. Those tangible skills are generally the ones people are willing to pay for, right? Mm -hmm. Show me how to do this. Help me learn to do that. Those are the tangible ones. A lot of times the intangible ones are the feelings, right? Mm-hmm. I want to motivate people. I want people to be happy. I, I want to teach people to be loving. I want you to love yourself. All of those intangible things that are not really measured by anything physical, like money or results, right? Um, those things people don't pay as much for, right? Um, and I'm not saying all people because there are a percentage of people that pay but in large, people don't, they're, they're definitely come to the, let me show you how. Let me show you how to build a business and make six figures. You can measure that, right? right? But let me show you how to live more happy and healthy. How do you measure that? Right, right, right. Mm. That's so good, you know, because I've just been sitting here thinking lately about just different things that people have been asking me to do because these are skills that I've picked up along the way since pursuing this endeavor of being an entrepreneur, professional speaker, and a coach, and really helping individuals build their own personal brand so that they can get, so that they can profit from their purpose, is what I say. And when I hear you talk about passion and what's profitable equals purpose, I think about all the different things, like just a few minutes ago before we got on this interview, 
um, a church member of ours had a house fire, completely burned the entire house down. And the news asked this individual, you know, did you have a GoFundMe account or, or something where people can give towards the effort of helping you to, to restore and helping your family get through this trying time? And he told them he didn't have anything. He didn't have a GoFundMe account. And I had just so happened went by his house today just to, you know, let him know, praying for him, thinking about him. And he immediately said, you know what? Can you create me a GoFundMe account? Uh-huh. So that people will have somewhere to go to be able to give. And it's tangible things, I think, like that, that says there are skill sets that you have that would be beneficial to people who may not know how to do something, may not want to spend their time doing uh-huh. it, or, you know, just would rather, you know, pay somebody who has the expertise to do it so that they could spend their time doing something else that creates value to the marketplace. And not that I'm doing it, not that he's paying me to do that, but it was just a thought that there's a skill right there <coughs> right that there. I have to be able to do something quickly that would be difficult for him to try to figure out and go do that he probably would have been willing to pay somebody to do it just so that he Correct. could get the support that he needed. Right. And you'll find that, um, you know, it's only two degrees of separation between you um, and the expert. Mm-hmm. And that's the two degrees of what they know and you don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're somebody's expert. You're somebody's mm-hmm. solution. You're the solution to somebody's problem. When on your level, I always think people always feel like I got to get another certification, have to get another degree. Uh, I have to get. No, you don't. When on your level, there's somebody two steps behind you that thinks that you're the expert. Wow. That's two tweetables right there. You are somebody's (laughs) expert. And when on your level. I like that right there. When when on your your level. Well, Jay, you are also an author. And I I know that you have a book or two out there. And why don't we talk a little bit about the one that I know that you released, I think maybe about a year ago Uh uh, called her Chronicles. Talk to us a little bit about her Chronicles. So her Chronicles, her Chronicles stories of faith, fear, and fortitude. Um, I am an avid storyteller and have been since I was about four years old and have, it's gotten me in a lot of places in life. I actually won a scholarship to college uh, from an oratorical contest, and I told stories. And so uh, storytelling has become a big part of my brand. It's how uh, I tell people all the time, for all the years that I've been doing branding, every time I've been on national TV or national media, with the exception of once or twice, it's been about a story. It's not been about branding. It's been about my personal walk, mm-hmm. right? No matter, I mean, and, and I've have shared several stories out there. And so the whole purpose of this is to get other women to share their stories, not not only for the healing, right, which is huge, and for the camaraderie, but also, it's, believe it or not, sharing your story is a big part of brand placement because people, humans want to connect with other humans, mm-hmm. okay? So this is my, and this makes you very, your story, your imperfections, your ups and downs and ins and outs, those are the things that make you human, we are connected 
by our faults and our failures. People think we're connected by our successes, you know, and our, our uh, savings, but we are connected by our faults and failures. That's the thing in humanity that kind of keeps us connected. You know, I had a shitty dad. You had a shitty dad. I had a great, uh, I had, a, a, I dropped out of high school. You know what I'm saying? I flunked out of college. That connects people in, in, in the whole fabric mm-hmm. of being flawed. Mm. Okay. And so, that being said, we did this with 10 women. It became an Amazon bestseller. We hit the top 10. I think we went top uh, four on the Amazon bestsellers list with this book okay. um, and, and personal development and self-help. And this is why it's a big deal, because we were like on the list with like chicken soup for the soul. And you know what I mean? Chicken soup for the soul and um, the eat love pray lady. You know, we was up there with all of them. And so that was huge for me. And so that was one year ago. This is volume one. And so uh, and you can actually go to herchroniclesbook.com to get copies of those. But then we released volume two. Um, I just released volume two in October of this year. Um, and it is Her Chronicles, Stories of Survival, Sacrifice and Spiritual Awakening. This book uh, was also a bestseller. It hit number six on the list. Uh, we were two steps behind Steve Harvey. So. Uh, that's because these stories, and now um, I think the volume one is you can actually get that on like walmart.com now. Mm-hmm. So uh, these books have really, really done well. Um, and again, 10 women, 10 stories. And I think volume two um, is probably a little bit closer to my heart okay. because these women, most of them have never told their stories before. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they went deep. Wow. They went deep. And so I'm going to do a third volume. It'll be the final one. Because uh, I only wanted to do a trilogy, but um, the, uh, there are now twenty women besides myself who are now best-selling authors because they dared to share their stories, and that's a huge part of positioning yourself in a marketplace from uh, um, from the human connectivity piece. That is awesome. Her chronicles and just the power of storytelling. When we talk about that and really consider what these women did and being authentic. And when you talk about how what connects us is many times through our pain, through our problems, through our challenges that we have in life, let us know how powerful or or influential or important is it for an entrepreneur or career professional to have that skill of storytelling? Um, and, and, I don't want them to get caught up in having the skill. Okay. It's not even about the skill. It's about just getting the story out because there's people out there like me and a few other people that I know that can help you. There's ghostwriters that can help you write the story. I mean, Steve Harvey didn't write his own book. You know what I'm saying? Right. So there's people out there that help you write it. There's mm-hmm. people that will help you write the film, write the movie, write the book, uh, write the speech. So you don't have to be the expert. You simply have to be willing to get it out. Mm-hmm. And so... I think, and you don't have to be the most intelligent or the most articulate or the most well-written or the well-bred or well-spoken person on the planet. You don't have to be perfect. You simply have to show up and deliver. Mm. So delivering that story is going to be the most powerful thing that you can do to draw people to your brand, right? right. For people who are still in corporate, say, I don't have a brand. I don't know. Let me tell you why your story is important because everybody's story matters. Mm-hmm. Your story is important is because it's going to liberate you from a human being standpoint, how in, in, in corporate America, we're definitely taught, okay, that what happens at home stays at home. We have to um, uh, 
fake it till you make it type of thing. And we're definitely told that you're not supposed to be flawed. You're supposed to be this cookie cutter. It's supposed to look like this and operate like this. The most liberating thing you can do is no longer have those shackles on your feet. Mm-hmm. And the stories, people are shame, ashamed of them. They're ashamed of the things that have happened to them that they had no control over. They're ashamed of the things that they've been through. They're ashamed of the mistakes, the failures. They're ashamed of all of these things. So how do you liberate yourself? Is you remove the shame. How do you remove the shame? Okay. Is you no longer hide it. Wow. You can only be ashamed of something that people don't know about. Mm-hmm. When everybody knows about it, <sighs> ain't no shame in my guy. Wow. Wow. Because see, you take away their ammunition. Mm-hmm. You never give people your life, your behavior, your story as their ammunition. So once you're open with it and you're comfortable with it and you have accepted you and all your imperfections and your story with all this is ugliness. Once you've done that, no one can ever hold it as ammunition against you again. So it's a liberation factor that every human being needs to walk through. Mm. Eliminate the shame. Yes, wow. absolutely. Mm. And that frees you. That uh, gives you a new lease on life to be able to become unshackled, to become uh, unchained, for lack of a better word, to be able to live your life authentically or to really live a life of authentic excellence as we will dub today as the theme, how to live a life of authentic excellence. Yeah. This is good. Um, One of the things I want to say about the excellence is, um, Authenticity is tough. I can't tell you that it's hard. Everybody looks at it and everybody throws that word around. I just want to be authentic. I just want to be real. But really, really real. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to make the mistake of, of authenticity being something that I've conquered. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I used to be an alcoholic. Right. I used to curse. I used mm-hmm. to. But I don't anymore. So that puts us in a state of exaltedness. You know, you're being put on a pedestal. Well, what happens to the stuff you're still struggling with? I'm still addicted to cigarettes. So I still, you know, watch porn or I still. And that's something I'm working with every day. So they don't feel like they can be exalted. That's because that's the shame that they're Mm -hmm. still working through. Right. We're back to that shame. What if you said it? So one of the things I one of the ways I released the shame was to really get on national TV and talk on stage with TV Jakes about my obesity. It was my biggest shame. Mm. It was my biggest embarrassment, right? How do you build, you know, a six-figure company? How do you work with seven-figure clients? How do you do this? And you can't control your weight. How, how does that happen? So when I was got on TV and I was up, open and honest about it, and I was afraid of the, the, the bullying and the nasty comments and all of that happened, and I'm still here. Right. Right. I'm still here holding on, talking louder than ever now because that's no longer ammunition. So now they're like, well, you you too fat to be on TV, but I'm on TV. Now what you got? Right. What else? Mm. As long as the camera can zoom out, I'm going to keep getting on TV. Right. <laughs> so the whole point is. is that, so it's no longer ammunition. There's no no nothing that you can say to me. There's no name that you can call me that I can give. You know what? You need to lose. They'd be like, you need to lose weight. I was like, I agree with you. So what else you got? You understand what I'm saying? I do. You can't use that as your ammunition against me. It doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. 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 
So not allowing others to shame you, to shackle you, to keep you bound to what really you're already shaming yourself for. For you know, well, we can so. be our worst enemies. Yeah. And, and then see, give the other people the I'm, right. I'm accepting. Yeah. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's the whole point is I've accepted myself in my in my imperfection. Mm-hmm. I've accepted that I have work to do. I've accepted that I'm working on it. I've accepted that in this moment, in this place, I'm doing the best that I can. Right. Even if it's not quite enough, this is what I got. I'm still and I'll continue to do the best I can. And so that's what I had to do was accept it. Once I accepted it and I was OK with me. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to grow up. I mean, you just have to show up. So why is that so hard? You know, because I know that those of us who are pursuing entrepreneurial endeavors, we before we pursue or many of us before we pursue it, we always want to have that support or that agreement from those who really weren't called to do it. Those who really may not even understand what it is that your dream is. Why is it so hard for us to let go of the opinions of others? Because we're still not free yet, right? Mm. We still are hold ourselves, uh, we still measure our validation. We still measure our value through the eyes of others. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so once you realize that those people are wearing rose-colored glasses, they're wearing glasses that don't even fit you, right? Mm. What you realize that they're looking at you and they half-blind themselves. Right. Why are you allowing their skewed vision, okay, to dictate your path? Your path. They can't see your path the way you can. Their vision is skewed. They're standing off to the side, right? Mm -hmm. Their vision is down a whole nother path. So I think that the biggest thing is we, uh, that, that caring about what people say, believe it, you have to be, and this is the truth, you have to be a strong individual to not care what people say and you have to be even stronger to care what they say and not let it not let it change your path because if you don't care you're probably you know narcissistic got a little we all care what they say it all it hurts it's un you know Mm. but at the end of the day there's a certain level of strength that takes to say i'm going to do this anyway even if it's not the popular thing but where does that come from you want to know where that comes from? Because that's the key. The key is, is that you have to understand that you have a calling higher than yourself, mm. right? You have to understand that there is a power, a calling better than the person who's bullying you, better than the person who's talking about you behind your back, better than the sister in the church or the entrepreneur next to you or the girlfriend in the sorority that don't like you. There's somebody greater than you that you have to ask to. And I tell people, I refuse to show up at the pearly gates and have the Lord ask me, why didn't you? And I say, because I didn't want them to talk about me. I refuse to let that be my excuse for not rising to the calling that he has gifted me to see when you're given gifts and skills. Okay. Mm-hmm. Skills plus gifts equal greatness. Mm-hmm. You have a responsibility to be great and you don't have the, the, what can I say? You don't have the luxury of being lax. You don't have that. You were gifted to do something greater and bigger than yourself and answer to somebody higher than you. You have the you have that calling. So who are these people? Why are you answering to these lowly few? They're not worthy. 
That's where the strength comes from. It's understanding that you have a higher calling and you answer to a higher power. The ones down here on this earth, they're not worthy. The end. The end. <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and be right back with the J Stone. Hi. Thank you for listening to the School of Purpose podcast each and every week. I want to make sure that I'm providing valuable content to you each and every week. And that's why I created the Best Year Ever survey. This survey asks questions that allows me insight on what are your pain points? What are your challenges? What keeps you up at night? What's keeping you from moving forward and pursuing your dream? Please go to MABLive.com and take the best year ever survey. This will allow me an opportunity to create content and podcast episodes that address your pain points, your challenges, and the things that you really want to listen to each and every week. Once again, go to MABLive.com and take the best year ever survey. Well, welcome back to the School of Purpose podcast. We are interviewing today Jay Stone, who is a preacher extraordinaire. No, I'm just playing. But she is a brand (laughs) strategist who has just been helping us really move into our authentic excellence and giving us some great points and some great concepts that we need to be thinking about for those of us who are wanting to transition into entrepreneurship, those of us who are already in entrepreneurship and know that we need to move our brands and our business to the next level, and even those of us who are career professionals in the corporate realm but still could utilize some of these same concepts in order to move our careers to the next level. And so now we're going to go into your one thing, which are questions that I ask just to kind of get your insight on how how you continue to be productive and how you continue to bring forth results in your business and in your life. And I just like that people um, will want to go check out these resources or these things or these books that you suggest for themselves. And so our first question on your one thing is describe yourself with one word and explain why you chose that word. Oh, that's easy. Badass. Badass. Okay. <laughs> no, I'll give it inspector. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Explain why. Um, I think there's a certain level of uh, not just courageous sassiness mm-hmm. and um, what I call the irreverence for the rules. Okay. Um, that is really a, associated. If you think about a badass, it's probably somebody in a leather jacket riding a Harley. You know what I'm saying? That just kind of is like, you know, that they are just not a law abiding citizen type okay. of thing. Right. And so for me, I think that I just don't go by any of the traditional, none of the rules mm-hmm. that su- apply to other people um, in terms of what they are supposed to behave like, how they're supposed to act. doesn't really a problem. And I've still been able to have a level of success. Um, by not necessarily following all the traditional rules. So I think I'm kind of a little bit of a badass, I think. Good, good. (laughs) What is one online resource tool, website, or app that has enhanced your productivity and focus? Oh, you know I'm a techie. Mm. So I don't know about (laughs) one. So 
Okay, so one that comes to mind, one that comes to the top of your mind. Okay, so lately, and I, I don't recommend this for entrepreneurs who start out, but Active Campaign. Okay. Which is an email system. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the first ten years I was with Mailchimp, so that's probably where people start out. Mm-hmm. But I've been with it, and it has changed uh, because. I've increased my online marketing, launched an online store, da, 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 da. But the email system allows me to create all these uh, exclusive, extensive, layered marketing strategies and things like that. So I'm watching um, my me going from like zero Mm -hmm. in the online marketing space, no digital products to all of these digital products and people just every day buying stuff from me. And that's because of this email, extensive email campaigns I've been able to create. So that's been the thing that's changed my business model in the last two or three months that I, that comes to top of mind. Yeah. You know, I, the first two years I started out with MailChimp myself and now I use ClickFunnels for everything. Yeah. ClickFunnels has been a saving grace for me because I know a lot of people in our industry and in our business, they will say lead pages and yeah, entreport and so uh-huh. on and so forth. But one of the things that I love about ClickFunnels is that it does all of those. I don't have it does. to get it does. a separate something to do it this. Does. It, does it does my email. It does autoresponder. It does segmentation. It does everything that I wanted to do. I could do it right there at ClickFunnels. Now it took a little time to learn it. Yeah. Um, sure. And the thing that I love about it is it's the same price, which is a little expensive, but it's the same price that I would have to pay for really just one tool in addition to getting all the other tools. So it's running me about $297 a month. But if I had to get, went with the other tools, I would have probably paid 297 just for one and then had to get the other extensions. Yeah. So and I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, so the other thing that that active campaign has that nobody else really had is its own internal pipeline. I have uh, probably coaching. It's probably about 85 percent of my business mm-hmm. right now. And so we have a lot of clients that come through the pipeline. Where are they? Where you know, mm-hmm. did we send them a proposal? Where are they in the proposal process? Did they respond? Uh, are they coming on board? When should we follow back up with them? Right. That kind of stuff. So being able to really monitor that pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's been huge and that did get rid of two resources Mm -hmm. in one Mm -hmm. I pay about 115, 113 a month Mm -hmm. for it Um, and it's worth it for me because of the two things that I hold most I use something else for landing pages and you're Mm -hmm. right, it's something else to learn however, what I use for landing pages is so freaking simple I've used ClickFunnels, I've used all the other stuff, the system that I have now is by far the easiest easiest plug-in set of stuff right. to use. And I think that basically what we're both saying is is that we you have to find what really works for you. Correct. And and go Correct. with that. So that's good. Yes. What is one book that's had the biggest impact on you? All right. So I'm going to say something and then you're going to be like, what? Well, let okay. me say that's not yours. Yeah, I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> that's, a good, that's, that's a good prerequisite. I wasn't going to say that. I okay. wasn't. I wasn't. Um, so I can tell you that I'm not a big reader in terms of books. I'm more of a reader of uh, trade publications, blogs, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have to say, uh, there was a book that I did read uh, probably about five years ago now that kind of changed 
how I decided to go about building an online platform. And that was Platform by Michael Hyatt. Mm, um, yes, yes. Platform That University. changed the way that because I was already a blogger. I just didn't know how to create content marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I learned to turn it into content more importantly, but he gave us permission, like to have mistakes on the blog, you know? So I was like, if this look, if this rich white dude can mm-hmm. be like, yo, forget the mistakes, publish it anyway and fix it later. It right. gave me permission not to have to be perfect mm-hmm. on the blog. I came from corporate communications background, so marketing and corporate. So that wasn't okay to have a typo on the website. It just wasn't. And so that and just making things really, really simple in terms of um, how I was building my platform, I kind of sort of was winging it. And so it's like, okay, so the things that I didn't know, it explained. The things that I knew, it made it more clear. And so I would say that would be the one book that I've read. But I'm just, I know this sounds so, I feel like I sound so ignorant by saying I'm not a reader. But I, I like I like a lot of short, short format stuff where I can get the information and keep it moving. Yeah. Um, there's somebody else. His name just slipped my mind. What is his name? He's on everything. What does he do? He's in the speaking performance industry um and he has instagram and he talks about how he's never a reader and i could tell you his name if i had not been thinking about it right now but i can't think of his name and i'll just have to come back to it he started out with his family's wine business oh gary vaynerchuk vaynerchuk yes he talks about all the time how he doesn't read at all but yet he's been able to amass a great following yeah, against success. Yeah, information and we get in and just do it. It's just... Right, right. What are you currently reading right now? <laughs> <laughs> I just got my first copy of Success Magazine, so I'm, I'm, oh, actually, cool. yes. I'm actually anxious. I subscribe to that, so I'm mm-hmm. anxious to read that and look at that. Um, I love it. I, I found out something, I think this is going to be important for people to know. One of the reasons why I don't read mm-hmm. is because it takes a lot of focus for me to concentrate, process the information. Mm-hmm. And so I'm an auditory. So I found that audio stuff will work better for me mm-hmm. if I can hear it instead of seeing it. It works better. So I'm going to try audio books now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, and but that's I, good. That's good. Once again, you have to know how you get information. Finding in, and I don't, what works I don't for you. That way. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a kinesthetic learner. Okay. So you need to touch it. So I, I need to do it or touch it. I don't mind reading it. Um, but it's hard for me to get it with you just telling me, you know, I got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to, got to maneuver with it. That's good. All right. What is one conference you think, and I, in yeah, you think that every budding entrepreneur should attend? That's not my conference. Okay. That's not your conference. <laughs> but we can talk about yours later. Uh, um, I think it depends on what you want to accomplish, right? Conferences are not places that you actually go to learn. Mm. They're places that you go to build relationships. And that's a big misconception. People go with their notebooks and you get all these tidbits. You're Mm. in there for an hour. What are you going to really learn? Mm -hmm. Right. Except a couple of tips and tools. Uh, You're going to get in there and buy somebody's package or program and try to work or try to work with them later or buy a book or buy something because we don't really learn anything that's going to move our business forward in that little 45 minute breakout session. But what people really need to go to it for 
is um, relationships. The people that you'll see there, that you'll meet there, that you come back, they're, they're people that can do business. So here's the thing. Everybody who knows me knows this. If Jay is at a conference, she's spending all her time in the hallway or at the, at the, at the bar. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to sit in that room to learn because I go to training mm-hmm. for that. I hire coaches to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, in an environment that That's really good. is geared to, towards that. So it depends on what your industry is or where you want to go. I mean, for, uh, and that's really it. That that's I don't even have a specific one to go through because I've been to a lot of them depending on what I'm trying to accomplish. So if you have products and services and it's a conference that you believe there will be some great relationship building happening, it may be more beneficial for you to have a table where you're always in the hall or, yeah, so I don't even say a table because okay. people, not everybody doesn't always visit the like little, mm-hmm. the little booth areas and stuff like that. That's more of an annoyance for a lot of people, right? Okay. Okay. So if you want v- more visibility, then sponsor. Mm, sponsor, okay. Gotcha. Be a sponsor. Uh, that'll give you more visibility. More people want to talk to you. You'll have a higher elevated platform to be seen. Um, I spend, you have, you, I, but people don't get, they're like, how do you get build relationships with so many people? Do you know how much shit I sponsor? How many, co- much coaching I buy? Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. But, um, so if you're in the tech industry, you can definitely go to disrupt or South by Southwest, mm-hmm. um, the business industry, uh, there's black enterprise who has a great conference. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely relationship about the relationships. Okay. Um, and a lot of people go there year after year. If you've got a product uh, or service, there's HR, PR, there's all types of preachers, pastors and leaders conference for um, TD Jakes. Mm-hmm. All of those things are relationship driven based on the industry you're trying to grow in. Right. So just know your industry leaders uh, conferences. Good, good, good. If you have one million dollars to use oh. to build your business. What is one thing you would immediately invest in? Not to say you don't already have a million dollars. You're talking about one way, just regular, like you ain't got nothing to do with putting in your business. Let me see. I would probably buy a building hmm. and make it an incubator um, for all the resources that businesses needed to uh, kind of flourish. So, so it would house several other entrepreneurial things. So probably brand related stuff, graphic designer, web designer, printer, Mm -hmm. everybody would be in the same place. And you just like, we all work together. That's good. Yeah. First time I heard that one. What is your number one ritual or practice that helps you stay focused and intentional? Oh, I don't know that I have one. Okay. I'm kind of built that way um, to be focused and intentional. Um, yeah, I'm really weird that way. I don't have any external thing okay. that keeps me that way. I'm kind of wired mm-hmm. um, that way. Good, so. good. And last but not least, if there was one entrepreneur or world leader that you would want to spend time with, that you haven't spent time with, who would that be? Michelle Obama. Okay. Look, I know you, <laughs> wait a minute. I don't know if she could, could be considered an entrepreneur or a world leader, but that's it. That's the only person right now on this planet that I have met 
that's not an entertainer. Gotcha. Now, I want to meet, if it was an entertainer, I want to meet Johnny Depp. But uh, Michelle, Michelle is it. Michelle, I feel like Michelle, that's the first time I felt like um, I've actually seen myself in the public eye. And by that, I mean a woman who's strong in her own way, in her own will and unapologetic mm-hmm. and authentic. And even if the media doesn't didn't like her in the very beginning, and they tried to say she was stern and she was mean and she was this, she just continued to be who she was and how she operated. And what they nitpicked at didn't change anything. To eventually, they just became her fan, right. her fans. And so, um, I had not ever seen a woman that wasn't corporate washed, a black woman that wasn't corporate washed that didn't make me feel like, oh, I got to get on my shit. Uh, so now I feel like it. I mean, she is. Every bit of an around the way girl, awesome. you know, who who done good. And I, number one, want to thank her for giving me permission. She's one of the one of the people that I can honestly say gave me permission to be unapologetic in my authenticity. And I'd like to number one thank her, and number two, I'd like to meet her in person and just bask. Yeah, Michelle Obama. Well, we have come to the end of this episode of the School of Purpose podcast. And so why don't you share one parting uh, piece of advice that you would like to leave with the individuals who listen to this show as far as how do I move in my purpose, be profitable and be successful in life or whatever it is that you have on your heart that you would like to leave with them? Well, I, th- I think I want to walk away with my theme okay. uh, for 2017. So, uh, first of all, let me just tell people where to find me. On social media and all over, I'm J Stone. That's spelled J-A-I-S-T-O-N-E. Um, and my website is jstone.com. If you're interested in more about story coaching or brand coaching, you can hit me at coachme, C-O-A-C-H-M-E, at jstone.com. So that's to say that because so I won't forget. What I want to give you people as the parting is that uh, we are all out of excuses, all out of excuses. A lot of times, and I don't mean the excuses like I'm tired, I can't, I'm going to do it next week. I don't mean that type of excuses. Mm -hmm. We are very intelligent about the excuses that we give ourselves, right? right? Somebody told you you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not light enough, you're not dark enough, you're not short enough, you're not tall enough, you're just not enough in some way. And that's what you say is I can't do it. I just need to do one more thing. I need to get one more degree. I need to get certifications. Why could I charge people? I'm not credentialed. I'm not qualified. We're all out of excuses because... Mm -hmm. For every person that you can tell me, for every person that you can show me, um, for every problem or flaw that you say you have, I can show you a person who has the same one that has been successful, right? So we can no longer say, I'm a single father, I'm a sing- I came from a single parent family, my father wasn't around because a man who had the exact same background became president of the United States. So you don't get to have excuses anymore. It's not about what people told you. It's about what you believe about yourself. Very good. And that's the deep. You're all, we are all out of excuses. We don't have any more time. So all of the things that you tell yourself that keep you from moving forward, that hold you back, it's time to let those go for 2017 and move forward. Uh, your gifts plus your skills equals your greatness. It's time for you to walk in that. So let's do that for 2017. Well, there you go. We are all out of excuses. You have no more time to waste. 
Jay Stone, thank you so much for joining me on the School of Purpose podcast. I know this will be one of the most downloaded episodes that I have had once it is up in iTunes. So thank you so much. Have a great Thank you for having me, boo. You're so welcome. <laughs> and have a great rest of your evening. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Well, there you have it. Another great episode. And I thank Jay Stone once again just for taking the time out to share with us on the School of Purpose podcast. And I just want to reiterate something that she said towards the end of the episode. And that was this. We are all out of excuses. As an alpha, one of the poems that we learn is excuses. Excuses are tools of incompetence, which build monuments to nothingness. And those who use them seldom specialize in anything. We are all out of excuses. Jay then went on to say, it's not what people told you, but what you believe. Let go of everything that's holding you back. It's time for you to let go. And it's time for you to believe in yourself and to step into your destiny. Well, School of Purpose, once again, thank you for joining me today. I want you to once again, go to MAB Live and take the survey to help me to develop more content that's valuable and that is relevant to your needs. MABLive.com. Also, I would love for you to join my private Facebook group page called The School of Purpose. All you have to do is go to www.schoolofpurposetv.com. That's W www.schoolofpurposetv.com. Pretty soon we are going to be creating what I call a membership platform for the School of Purpose and you'll be able to enroll free for content that in personal development and personal brand clarity. And then there will be opportunities if you're interested in learning how to podcast, if you're interested in learning how to get paid to speak And then if you're just interested in gaining greater growth through personal development, there will be opportunity for you to enroll in the courses within School of Purpose to take advantage of those opportunities. So be looking out via email, via podcast, or via my social media pages, all named Markeith Braden. I'm always overjoyed that you join me each and every week, and I'm going to keep producing this content, keep producing episodes to provide value to you so that you can lead and succeed on purpose, so that you can turn your purpose and your passions into an actual career, and so that you can start making money doing work that you love. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day, and always remember this. Shoot for the top because it's the bottom that's overcrowded.